Amen. How is everybody today? Anybody uh, stay up too late shooting fireworks last night? I've been asking a few families that because I came to the realization that I am old, officially old. Uh, not maybe in years. I hope not, at least. Some of you kids may think so. Uh, but uh, not old maybe in years. But uh, I had a thought last night as I was getting ready for bed man, I hope those fireworks stop soon, right? Like, they're, they're, they're keeping me from bed, right? So, so that's how I officially know that I'm old. But I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July, had a great weekend. Uh, we are finishing up our series in Family Matters. Uh, and so if you're visiting with us, we are so glad to have you. Uh, we actually, if you're in person with us, uh, we now have bulletins again. We, we try to be as contactless as possible with that. We've got someone handing out with gloves and masks on, uh, and we've handled those with care. Um, but we want you to be able to follow along with our service, and so our notes are in there. Uh, as well as our Connect card. So if you're visiting with us, please let us know that you're here. Uh, we would love to follow up with you. We're not going to hunt you down, bring you up front, make you wave at everybody, or make you do the motions to that song. Uh, nothing like that. We just want to be able to follow up with you. We're excited uh, that you're here. If you got kids with you, uh, we have kids packets that are in the back. We try to be a little informal. I don't know if you picked up on that or not uh, with having the kids up here doing motions and things. But we've got some kids packets back in the back. Our children's director does a fantastic job putting those together uh, to coincide with my message. So the things that are in that packet will deal directly with what we're talking about today. So it's just a way to keep your kids engaged uh, and you do whatever you need to do uh, in order uh, to, to make sure they're okay. We're just happy to have you guys uh, and we know that sometimes, I got three kids, okay, I know the sacrifice sometimes it is to worship uh, with your family, but we're glad to have each and every one of you. All right, so we, we talked about the first week of our Family Matters series, we talked about foundations. We talked about the foundation of what Genesis has to say about the family. Then we went in and talked to our fathers during our Father's Day message. We talked to our fathers and challenged them. Uh, last week, we talked about focus and how all of us ultimately... Uh, everything that we do, the love that we have, the love that we share, everything should be focused in on the glory of God. Everything that we do should be as unto God. The last, this last message, though, is going to be focused on the future. Now, I've said this before. Uh, I don't think anybody in the world is ready for kids. I don't think those people exist. If they do, I don't know them. All right, There are people that think they're ready. Um, but most of us just own the fact that we're not. Uh, because when you have children, right, I say that about 10% of having children is planning. Uh, my wife read every book that can be imagined on parenting. Uh, how, what to expect when you're expecting. What to expect in your first year. What to expect in your second, third, fourth, fifth. What to expect when they rebel against you at teenage years. You know, like, uh, you read them all, right? All the moms are shaking their head like, yep, yeah, I've had that book. Uh, she read every, every book, but man, there is nothing that throws you a curveball like kids. I believe it's about 10% planning and about 90% survival. Right, We're going to do, I know this may not be the best way to parent, best way to do this, but we got to make it to tomorrow. So however we can make it to tomorrow, that's what we're going to do. So our family with three kids, that's what we do. My wife and I, we make it to tomorrow. But what I want to encourage you about today is more than just reacting 
as a family, reacting to situations as they come, how much thought and intentionality do we give to the future? What's next for our family? What's next for our marriages? What's next for our children? What's next for our family? Looking to the future. I thought this was neat. This was in uh, some of the commentary I was reading this week. It says, after watching a television presentation about rebellious youth, a husband said to his wife, what a mess. Where did this generation go wrong? And the wife looked at him, smiled, and calmly answered, baby, we had kids. Right? And so we think about that. If we are constantly in survival mode, what we have today is a product of parenting. And I think the, the, the terrifying thing is, is what happens when these, this generation grows up and they have kids? What are we, what are we going to be exposing them to? Uh, and so we have to be willing to think. If we're going to think kingdom-minded as it relates to family, we have to be thinking about the future, the legacy that we're leaving for our family, but also, and you know this because we've been covering it, this, this goes beyond family. What legacy are you leaving? What, in, what spiritual truth are you instilling in others, even if you're outside of a family unit? You don't have to be in a family in order to think about the future and how God has called you to impact it. But in Ephesians chapter 6 is where we're going to be today. If you're joining us from live stream, I will say we're glad to have you as well. Uh, we have a pretty decent following each and every week. Uh, there is actually an online digital connect card that I would love for you uh, to check out. If you text the number 31996 and you text North Connect, you can find that connect card. So let us know that you were tuning in. We would love to do that. Also, there's a way that you can make decisions and let us know that as well if you're on live stream, okay? But the first thing we're going to look at is the precept. The precept, right? This is the commandment that's given. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. We're picking up right where we left off. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. Now, last week we talked about a parent's role when we think about parenting, a lot of times we like to think about we want our kids to be successful. We want our kids to make a good living. We want our kids to be able to function in society. We want our kids to um, be well-behaved and well-mannered children. Uh, those things are important. Those things are also secondary to the primary purpose that you have been placed on this earth as the parent to your children. Your primary objective should be to get your children to Jesus, right? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, right? So only a child that's in the Lord will be able to be obedient to God and their parents. For this is right. For children, obey your parents. So, he, so Paul is addressing the church and he stops as I typically do now that kids are in the service with us. I stop and I address the kids specifically. And he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. There is a skepticism that exists in the generation coming up. I'm as a youth pastor. Uh, I remember having meeting after meeting with teenagers dealing with significant struggles. And the first thing I always ask is they'll, they'll, they'll share with me as their youth pastor, they'll share with me, this is what I'm struggling with. But the first thing I ask them is, where are you with the Lord? What are, are, you, are you spending time with Him daily? Are you in His Word? Are you in prayer? You know, what, is, what does that look like? The second thing I ask them, to their horror, is have you told your parents about this. There's a skepticism that 
parents aren't going to be able to handle it. Every time I ask that question, I get this wide-eyed, well, no, because if I did, they would kill me or I would die from humiliation, right? There is a, there is a skepticism as it relates to our, our parents, right? But I, I've told every kid this, and listen, children, you need to know this, teenagers, there is no one in the world that is more invested in your life than your parents. And there is no one in the world that would be a better confidant and a better accountability partner for you than your parents. You need to get over that junk. That's pride. That's exactly what that is, is pride. And so you need to be willing to obey your parents. Your parents need to know where your struggles are. I will say this. My dad in my life has been my, one of my greatest friends and accountability partners. When I have a problem in ministry, I go to him first, right? Because we have that relationship that God has given us. As a youth pastor, I discovered a trend in students that they didn't want their parents to know their struggle. But think about this. Okay, we don't trust for some reason. We'll trust everybody in the world. We'll trust guys. We'll trust that girl that we've met. We've known for three weeks that we have given our heart and life and soul to that. They're our soulmate. Right. We'll trust them uh, over our parents. We'll trust the youth pastor. Right. That the average turnover in years past was like 18 months. We'll trust our youth pastor before we trust our parents. We'll trust our buddy right in the locker room before we trust our parents. It's it's laughable. But think about this. If God, in his infinite wisdom, trusted you to your parents, does it not stand to reason that you should trust them too? If God trusts your parents with you, does it not make sense for you to trust your parents? Right? This is, this is, and I understand this isn't popular, right? And I'm getting some blank stares from teenagers maybe, but, that, but listen, it is absolutely true. Children obey your parents parents. And if you will get that right, I promise you, the result will be you will be closer to Jesus. But he doesn't stop there. So this is, this is what I have here. Um, uh, it, 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 he doesn't stop there. He says at the end, he, he brings the children and says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. But then he takes a step back and he says, but all of y'all, my paraphrase, obviously, all of y'all Honor your father and mother. Now we know where he's quoting from. He's quoting from the Ten Commandments. He's quoting from Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, where it says, Children, honor, or it says, doesn't say children, it says, Honor your parents. Children, obey your parents. That is something that's unique in Scripture. It always says, Children, obey. That happens uh, here in Ephesians 6, and it happens in Colossians 30, verse 20, right? Children, obey your parents, but honor your father and mother. Now, we talked about at the beginning, we talked about how God chooses in marriage to take two people and to make them one. That a, a person, a child who is part of a family unit, leaves his father and mother. He disconnects from that family and he joins with his wife and the two will be one flesh. Now listen, the reason why struggle with in-laws is a thing is because those, those are different pieces of cloth. My, my parents and my in-laws, they love each other and, and, and we're copacetic and everything, right? Is, is, that a, is that a word? Is that, is that a thing? I don't know if people say that word. Um, they're, they're cool. All's good. All's groovy. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but they are different people. And the advice 
that I would get from one is going to be different from the other. I can literally not obey both sides, both parents. I can't obey Becca's parents and my parents at the same time. But God hasn't, God's called me to honor my parents. Now, the idea there, we, we, we think about 4th of July, right? We think about this season that we are honoring those who gave their lives, that gave us this freedom, that we could shoot fireworks to the wee hours of the morning, right? We are thankful for those people, and so we honor them. What do we do? We bestow value on them. We show them their importance, and we give them value. The idea in the Greek is actually tied to the idea of value. And so I've got an illustration for that. This is a, a typical stud. This is a two-by-four, not, not me, obviously, but this, the, the board in my hand. Uh, this is a two-by-four that you can buy at any Lowe's, Home Depot, whatever. Uh, any lumber company sells this. This is roughly, we'll say for the purpose of the illustration, it's a little high, but we'll say it's $8. Why? Because this is a foot long and eight pieces. That's 50 cents. I'm holding right now about 50 cents of wood. Now, many of your homes, if not all of your homes, this church are built with, with materials similar to this. It's about 50 cents worth of wood. It's clean, it's manufactured, it's nice, right? And then there's this piece of wood. And on the, on the forefront, I would say that this piece of wood is in pretty rough condition. It's dirty, it's got bark on one side. You can see the saw blades where the saw blades cut. But if you know anything about the value of wood, you know that what I'm holding in my hand is of infinite more value than this little manufactured 2 by 4 right here. This right here is, about, is, is maybe a little older than 100 years old. Uh, it came from a barn, precious, uh, precious saint of the Lord that lives in Hazel Green, came from one of his barns. Uh, you can still see where the, the, they manufactured it. Like I said, the bark is still on it. It's hardened. It's one of the hardest woods to work with in the world. Uh, this right here, I have been told. Now, Larry can correct me later on this if he wants to. But I have been told that this could fetch as much as $50 a foot for a wood like this with the age. And miss the value that's here over what's here and it's the same way in our families that we can have our parents and and yeah they're they're nice and we appreciate them and we like it when they drop a 20 give us a 20 so we can go spend it real quick right we 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 love that but if we're not careful we miss the value that our parents are for us and every one of us has parents and so the idea of value is the idea or the idea of, of honoring is the idea of value what are you doing to give value to your parents are you are you listening to what they say are you doing what they say are acknowledging them acknowledging their point of view taking it into consideration or are you flippant and you disregard it right all of us have parents the word honor refers to the idea of value and so the first way that we can add value, we can value our parents, because listen, we honor our father and mother. There's a way that you can obey your parents and not honor them. I see it in my five-year-old all the time, right? My son, my son eventually, and on threat of a spanking, will do what I ask him to do. But he doesn't do it in an honoring fashion. Yes, father, I will do it because I love you and because you are meaningful to me. No, he pouts and he walks over there and he does whatever he does, as little as he possibly can do to skate by. 
That's, what he, that's, not, that's not honoring. That may be obeying, but it's not honoring. God has called us. Listen, I'm not saying that, that God has called us not to have to worry about our parents, right? What, what he's calling us to is a greater, a higher level, a more important level than just simple obedience. We are to add value to them. And the way that we do that is, one, we acknowledge their value. Man, are you thankful for the parents that God has given you. I'm thankful for my mom and my dad and how they, they support us and love us and continue to do that. Watch our kids for the love of all that's good, right? They, they, I, I, I love them and I, I seek to add value to their life. Uh, I seek to acknowledge that value in their life. The second thing is we honor them by adding to their value. Not just acknowledging their value, but adding to their value. Listen, I understand that parents, the idea of mom and dad in this room mean different things to different people. And your idea of mom or dad may not be the feelings that I have. In fact, you may be thinking that they're pretty, inva- they're pretty they lack value, right? They, maybe when you think of your parents, you think of abuse, you think of neglect. You, I, I don't know, I don't know where, where you come from. But God has called every one of us, not not just to simple obedience. Oh, it's greater than that. He's upped his game. He's called us to honor them, to add value to them. That in the way, even if the way that you view your parents is, is negative, God has still called you to honor them, to add value to them. Listen, there's not, no greater value you can add to anybody than sharing Jesus with them, right? I remember the story of Bart Millard, the uh, lead singer from Mercy Me. If you've seen the movie, I can only imagine you know where I'm going with this. Right, that his dad was uh, abusive and uh, verbally and physically abusive at growing up, and he he went off and tried to make a name for himself, and came back and found out his dad had been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, he was dying; it was terminal. And uh, he, but his dad had given his life to the Lord, and so through that, even though his dad didn't deserve it, let's be honest, right? You may say, "Well, I, my my parents don't deserve." Me to give value to them. Uh, to that, I would respond, "You may be right, but neither did you, and God gave it to you anyway." Right? And so, and so through the course of time, he learned to forgive them. He, began, he learned to value him, and he began to add value to his dad. God restored that relationship. No, honoring is not always obedience. But it absolutely is value. So how much do you value? How much do you add value right, to those that have supported you and those that have raised you because the truth of the matter is this who you listen to determines what you do that's true who you listening to who you listening to determines what you do and what you do is determined by what you value you can say all day long what you believe but ultimately you're going to do what you value you can say you value certain things but if your life looks different than that then you don't you can say all day long you value it but you're going to do what you value all right? So that's the precept. Number two, let's look at the promise quickly. You've got to listen faster, all right? Listen to what it says. It continues in verse two. This is the first commandment with a promise. What's he talking about? This is the first, 
this is the fifth commandment, and it's the first one that has a promise with it. What is the promise? Listen what it says in verse 3. That it may go well with you, and you may live long in the land. If you will honor your father and mother, there is a promise that's attached to this. This is a side note. There's a promise that's attached to this. And it is that you will live long in the land. Now, for a Hebrew, that was pretty simple. That meant that, because understand, salvation wasn't completely articulated to the Israelite people in the Old Testament. So life was much more precious. And so if you will honor your father and mother, you guarantee that you will live longer on on earth. Why? Because you're not finding yourself doing dumb stuff, right? Their wisdom keeps you from doing dumb things, right? And so you'll live long on the land. This is the, the promise. But for us, for us it's different. For us... It's even greater than that. Listen, Paul adds the part where it says, it may go well with you. Listen, when value is placed, this is on your notes, when value is placed in things that are valuable, there is reward. If you learn to value things that are eternally to God valuable, there is reward in that. When you value things, when you see things the way God sees them, by listening to his word, by listening to those that love him, if you will listen and you'll apply it to your life, there's reward in that. That's what he's saying here. If you honor your father and mother, you live long on the land. It'll go well with you. You will benefit from doing what God's word says. Every time. It may not be the easy thing. But you will always benefit from it. But you will live long on the land. So, so when value is placed in things that are valuable, there is reward. But for Israel, this spoke of quantity of life. You'll live long, right? You'll see the, maybe see the promised land. But for us, it speaks to the quality of it. He says, it will go well with you. Man, can you... The way that you interact with your parents, with those that have raised you, does, does, that, does, does it go well with you? It benefits the future to look back and honor the past. It helps the future to honor the past. And so to honor those that have come before you will set an example of, to your children of how you are to honor others. Right? Listen to this. This is so good. Warren Wiersbe said this. Sin always robs us. We go our own way. We do our own thing because we want to do it our way. Sin always robs us. Jesse Duplantis, not in agreement with all of his theology, but I am with this quote. He always he says, sin takes us longer than we want to stay, takes us further, or takes us further than we want to go, takes us longer than we want to stay, and charges us more than we want to pay. Sin always does that. Right? The pithy saying is, you give Satan an inch, he'll become your ruler. Right? But it's true. Right? Sin robs us. Obedience always enriches us. So I understand that there's grace. I understand that there's grace. Goodness knows I need God's grace. But God blesses obedience. Thirdly and finally, let's look at parents. Let's look at the parents. He, he talks specifically to the children. Right? Then he, t- he addresses All children, which all of us are children of somebody. And then he shifts his attention to the parents. Listen to what he says in verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and in the instruction of the Lord. 
Now, I've always misinterpreted that scripture. I like to bug my kids sometimes. I like to just bug them. I like to be annoying. I like to bug my wife sometimes. It just happens. I just go through moods, right? In a, in a mood, and I just kind of bug them, right? I know it gets under their skin. We know that. We all know that about our families, right? And I love to bug our kids. And I used to think, like, that was provoking your kids to wrath. Maybe that's not entirely inappropriate, but when we're talking about provoking your children to anger, it deals less with getting them aggravated and getting them upset and deals more with the idea of discouragement. Discouraging your children. Now, the first example is discouragement from unrealistic expectations, right? That all of us as parents want our kids to be perfect, and when they're not perfect... If we don't respond in grace as our Heavenly Father responds to us, if we respond in legalism and tell them all the ways they could have been better and why they're not better and that they, we, we, we begin to extract, extract value from them by that, using that as a standard, that is provoking our children to wrath. It discourages them. So the age-old example of a dad uh, who, who cannot be pleased and their kids live with daddy issues their whole life trying to please a man that will not ever be pleased. This is, an, this is the idea of discouragement, but there's also a second one. I believe that relates pretty well with the generation before us, before me. I think my generation deals more, more heavily with the second Discouragement can also result from misplaced priorities. I believe well-meaning fathers and well-meaning mothers can set their children on tracks that will never, ever, ever satisfy them. When you tell your children that the most important thing is that you make a good living for your family, that you provide for them, uh, that you are a success in some business acumen or athletic success, when you make put a standard to your kids and you set them on a track to achieve any of those things, those are not bad things in and of themselves. Sports. Sports are not a bad thing. They're a great hobby. They're a terrible God. And when you set your life, you set your kid's course of life on anything other than seeking contentment in Jesus, you set them up for discouragement because nothing they ever do will fill the God-saved-shaped hole inside of them. So you set them toward Jesus. Not even so much of these high standards that we have to reach. But searching after things that don't really matter. I love what Francis Chan said. Now you've probably heard, this, heard me say this quote because it means a lot to me. He said, my greatest fear in life is not failure. My greatest fear is succeeding at something that doesn't matter. In the light of eternity, is what our families are accomplishing, is it, it going to matter? everything that we are accomplishing as a family as it would hay and stubble if we're going to leave a future if we're going to leave a legacy for our kids for those around us it's going to come through focusing our relationship with Jesus so if you would bow your head and close your eyes our baptism canon go ahead and make their way we get an opportunity to celebrate through baptism in just a moment we're excited about that but if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to know that there is no amount 
of honoring, adequate honoring that you can do. There is no amount of uh, obedience that you can have that will pacify the great need in your life to have a relationship with your Lord and Savior. No relationship with parent, no relationship with child. That can only come through Jesus. And so, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ, whether you're a boy or girl, or whether you're a mom or dad, grandparent, aunt, uncle, it doesn't matter. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, there's no way that you can set the course of your child's life. You can set the course of anyone's life without you yourself having your course set. And so if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're the most important person in this room. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to do something. If you desire to have a relationship with Christ, we've got counselors that are in the back. They're, they're here ready to meet with you at a safe distance, contactless, right? We want to be cognizant of all that, but we want to be able to meet you. We want to be able to have a discussion with you. If you need a relationship with Christ, you need to join our church. You need uh, whatever it is that you need. Get your baptism in order. Whatever it is that you need to do. If there's a decision that you need to make tonight, there's a counselor that would love to assist you with that. And so in just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And nobody's looking around. Uh, on the count of three, if you would just stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Respond. Walk toward the back. Nobody's looking around. This is a safe place. We want you to be able to respond to Jesus today. On the count of three. You ready? Would you respond? One, two, three. If that's you and you need to make a res- make it respond in some way to Jesus today, I pray that you would do that. There's counselors who would love to meet with you. No one's looking around. No one's looking around, please, that you would make that decision. Amen. Amen. If there's anyone else, if there's anyone else that would love to make that decision, would you just stand to your feet and, and head to the back? Nobody looking around. Nobody looking around. Amen. 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 There's another way that you can give. You can let us know. Guys, if, if for whatever reason you didn't respond, maybe you're tore up about it. Uh, there's a way that you can let us know. You can find somebody at the door if you'd like, but you can let us know on your Connect card, whether it's digital, the 31996, if you're listening on live stream. Let us know the decision that you made. That Connect card has a way that you can let us know the decision that you made today, and we would love to follow up with you. We're not going to parade you in front or anything like that, embarrass you in any way, but we want to know how we can follow up and support you in the decision that you made for Christ, okay? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for what you've done, and Lord, we just pray that you would move, continue to move in a powerful way in our homes, in our families, in everything that we, uh, we do and say, God, will be focused on you and your kingdom glory. God, we love you and we praise you. It's in Christ's holy name we pray.